So I think um, that was a largely largely adequate answer in that um, you identified you know the need to review the patient yourself, the need to review the patient's observations, um, and eyeball the patient to see how they are looking. Um, I agree that you know it's important to ensure that they're adequately bronchodilated. So you mentioned back-to-back -back nebulized therapy, um, and you mentioned uh, measuring their peak flow um, in order to try to quantify the severity of the asthma. I think it would be a little bit. I think it would be important to try to quantify that a little bit more. So the peak flow um, is useful as a percentage of their best or predicted. Um, so less than fifty percent is an acute severe exacerbation and less than 33% is a life-threatening exacerbation. Um, in a patient who you're you know, worried about with asthma or who's um, hypoxic, um, then um, it's important to get an ABG to make sure that they've not developed um, ventilatory failure, type 2 respiratory failure as a result of their asthma, um, because obviously a rising CO2 and hypercapnia um, is a, a very severe marker of um, asthma and requirement for intubation is an indication of a near fatal asthma attack. Um, obviously, you correctly said that you would admit this patient if they, if they weren't improving. Um, and you talked a little bit about, um, about discharge when well. Again, the criteria for discharge, um, peak flow can again be useful there. So the, the typical guidelines are that you can consider discharge when their peak flows are up to at least 75% of predicted once they've been off nebulized therapy for 24 hours. So it can take a little while to settle down. Um, you were a little bit sidetracked on the historical adherence to inhaled therapy as a child. Um, probably not um, the most relevant part of the, uh, of the story. Um, and during the acute exacerbation in A&E probably isn't the best time to check their inhaler technique. Um, but obviously that's, like you say, really important to identify further down the line in the admission. Um, you rightly said, you know, that this patient should be on inhaled therapy going forward. Um, they should definitely be on an inhaled corticosteroid um, and almost certainly should be on a long-acting beta agonist as well. So uh, a combination inhaler such as Foster or Relvar would probably be appropriate. Um, and again, you rightly said that they should have follow up with, um, with the asthma team um, or the respiratory team um, a few weeks post discharge to uh, see how they're recovering, check their inhaler technique, check peak flows and things like that. Um, the other really important um, thing to look for in any, any patient with asthma is the eosinophil count as well, um, because obviously asthma is driven by um, uh, you know, type two airway inflammation, which is mainly mediated by eosinophilic inflammation. So a high eosinophil count of, of 0.3 or above um, on presentation before any steroids is really indicative of um, an eosinophilic asthma. Um, and if possible, a pheno or fraction of expired nitric oxide should be measured at some point during the admission, again, to try to quantify the amount of um, 
of uh, airways inflammation and uh, type 2 inflammation in the airways. Um, and that can help you to decide on um, the, how much inhaled steroid they may or may not need. <laughs>